Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and today we're interviewing Stephanie Baxter Jenkins, executive director of the Hillsborough Classroom Teachers Association. The union is battling with the district over pay, and recently students have started to join in, walking out of their classes in support of the teachers. We talked with Stephanie about that and other issues. Let's take a listen. Stephanie, I'd like to thank you for joining us here and talking about what's going on with Hillsborough County teacher pay. How's everything going today? Um, thanks for having me, Jeff. Um, things are there's a lot going on today, so I guess it's timely we're doing a podcast. Um, but uh, our, I hope we're going to talk about teachers and ESPs as well, since we represent both. We will talk about school district employees and where things stand. And I guess we could start off by starting at the end and working backwards. Today today there were some students that walked out, and today being the 8th, today there were some students who walked out of their schools and said that they were supporting their teachers in their request for teacher pay raises and for, I guess, ending the wage freeze. So first, I want to know, did you um, know they were going to do this? Was this something that is part of an effort to, to show awareness countywide? Well, actually, the student actions are completely student-led. They are not in any way, shape, or form um, related to to any actions we're taking, although um, we certainly, I think for speaking on behalf of teachers and school employees generally, there's really no greater compliment than your students standing in solidarity with you since they're the ones um, they're going to work every day to educate. So I know teachers are so touched by by these actions. But actually, I was sitting in a staff meeting here at the office. I, I had heard about one of the actions um, at Alonzo, but I got pictures coming from a number of schools while I was sitting in a meeting. So I, I certainly had no idea how widespread things were going to be. How do you think that people have found out about this, students and others? Because I guess it has been publicized somewhat, but it hasn't been such a major issue that I would think that students would start walking out of their classrooms without knowing something. Maybe their teachers are talking about it. Um, I don't actually think that most teachers I know, I, I mean, certainly I I can't speak for what's happening in 230 different sites, but I don't think teachers are talking about it in that major a way with kids. I do think, again, in the social media sort of generation that we have now, um, my kids, for instance, were following Marlene, you know, one of my kids were following Marlene Sokol's tweets on uh, during negotiations. So they knew about what was being said or what I was being quoted as saying before I even got home. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of people. And and obviously you guys as well as others have have had a lot of ongoing coverage of the district in the last couple months. So I don't think... I think people following the news generally have some idea what's going on, but our union will actually not be taking sort of any real official action until after our rep council tomorrow night. 
And so we haven't put out a media release. We haven't done anything major other than invite all interested parties to go to the school board next week. So then let's talk about the people who don't know what's going on. What is, to use that old lady's term, the beef? (laughs) Well, I think probably the biggest issue people are hearing about are our salary schedule and negotiations. And so I guess to give a little bit of context, uh, I, I certainly think that's what's hearing. That's what people are probably hearing about, although that's not the only issue. So we've set up a salary scale and we did it about four years ago that basically has pay bands. So every three years, you know, people are on a pay band for three years and then they move up based on year, um, assuming they have a year of effective or better teaching service. And so we set up this sort of promise with people and they wait three years to get a raise, but the raise is in fact a better, more sizable raise, which will hopefully help their families. But when you come to the table and say, we aren't doing it, that's obviously a problem for people monetarily. But I think part of the larger concern for us is it isn't simply the district saying no, it's that we've been at the bargaining table for five months, almost five months. And over that whole time, they've stalled, they've not answered, they've not really engaged in good faith negotiations. And then they take until the end of October to simply say, we're not doing anything. My understanding was that they've been saying for quite some time that they don't have any money. And so that this additional pay scale would would break the bank in some regard, that, that they just don't have it. Is there a way to get past what they're saying there and maybe even just negotiate a compromise rather than than everybody sticking to their guns on each side? Well, I think that's part of the concern of employees. Um, it's certainly my concern as their chief negotiator. The district is, look, whether we agree or not, the district is within its rights to come to the table and say, we don't like the current scale. We can't afford the current scale. Whatever argument they have, they're free to come and make that argument. But you're not actually going to have any meaningful dialogue that leads to change or compromise if your only answer is, we don't have money, we won't answer any of your questions, nor are we providing any alternate contract language. So you're saying that they've never offered any sort of compromise or any alternative bargaining besides just a no? They didn't, they didn't, they've still, I mean, if you want to think technically, they've not responded. They've had our proposal since July. And I normally wouldn't have put out our proposals in quite the way I did, but I put them out all in one package all together because we were getting nowhere. They would not basically engage in any conversation. Um, uh, again, it's been a very un, We've had an unproductive relationship at the table in the last couple of years. Um, I, again, I've done this a long time, so I'm okay if we don't agree, but you're not going to get anywhere if you're not actually providing information and talking to each other, providing things to talk about, providing alternate solutions, and they're not doing any of that. Are you open at all to renegotiation at this point? I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to say we're not open to it because, again, people could come up with newer, interesting ideas we haven't thought of, or even if even if we get to a place where 
somebody proposes something we don't like, sometimes that is the stepping stone to get to the place where you need to be. At the same time, I don't think there are a lot of good ways to renegotiate this that don't end up costing more money. And I mean, that's because careful thought was put into planning for the scale the way we did it. For instance, if you were to give people money every year, as opposed to every three years, in some ways that would be better for my people, but it would cost the district more money because in the over the course of a three-year period, people are going to retire, they're going to resign without moving to the next step. So the district will save some money in doing it that way. So that was one of the balances that kind of got brought to the table when we were talking about this. Um, was it but I not, don't think was, there's uh, a lot of ways, sorry, I don't think there's a lot of ways to do it without spending more money. Was it not discussed at the beginning that there would possibly be a time when there's no money available and people might not be able to get the raises that they were discussing and negotiated? Oh, well, sure. People always have, you know, people always have those questions. And it is a tough thing in Florida. We do renegotiate money every year, which is a tough thing for people to understand, especially if you're from the north where people often bargain contracts, you know, for multi years, including the salary. That is not the way it's been done here. And so, you know, money, the district can always claim they don't have money. Even if we had a contract, the district could legally say they were in financially urgent circumstances. So that's always a possibility. It's a possibility here, but it's frankly a possibility anywhere that somebody could, you know, something could change and you could be in a different situation. Mm -hmm. But again, I think part of what is frustrating for us is we're not really having a good conversation about about what's happening or how to how to change things i mean as long i've been here seven years and as long as i've been here the district's chief financial officer has come to the table and said the sky is falling every single year there's been no difference from it being a recession to it being not a recession to the current you know what they're calling a financial crisis since we've had a new superintendent it's been a crisis for seven years and so at a certain point, just saying we have a financial crisis doesn't mean a whole lot without backup. And so I am never going to argue that our school district or any other in Florida, for that matter, is rolling in capital. We don't fund education particularly well in this state. However, I'm going to say that all budgets are a reflection of your priorities and both my membership and I think a lot of the community think our board and superintendent could do a better job in prioritizing how they are spending money. Now, there are other years where teachers didn't get raises, and I don't recall seeing these kinds of activities where there's been you know, the letter writing campaign, student walkouts, things of that nature. Is What's the difference? Well, I think, you know, some of it is is different leadership and different times with with the board and um i certainly i certainly think you guys have have written enough stories on kind of where the school board is and and some things that are probably pretty different than have historically happened here in hillsboro but i also think teachers and school employees themselves are uh, there's a place where they they are hitting the wall with the abuse they're supposed to take and reasonably 
you know, live with. I mean, things in this district, for instance, it isn't just about money. It's about they have more kids in their class. We're no longer, you know, we're no longer following class size to the letter. So people have more kids, less time, more to do. And on top of it, we're also going to say we don't, you don't deserve any, um, you know, reasonable experience credit in that notion. And so I think it's a combination of factors. Well, I'm hearing morale is part of the issue. And I wonder if morale becomes so bad to the point where everybody, including the kids, are affected in a, in a negative way. Do you see that happening? Oh, I mean, we I, we worry about morale every day because as much as um, we want to fight for what's best for all our membership because our members' working conditions or student learning conditions, we want to fight for those things that are good for everybody. Um, we also realize people having sort of inherent joy in their profession is an important thing when they spend, you know, you, every, per, every person who's working spends, you know, roughly a third, if not way more than that, uh, of their life doing their job. So it's pretty important that your job be be satisfying and, and be good and that you feel respected. Again, I would go back to what I said earlier, which is, some of where people are so frustrated is they feel a real lack of respect. When you take five months to simply say no, to have no viable alternatives and to not engage over the course of all that time in what are supposed to be good faith negotiations, I think this is what you get. People are really frustrated. We're not having, we're not having a reasonable conversation about any of this. We're just being told no. And what do you say to people who look at the whole situation from outside and they see the union having worked with the district to create a, a schedule that may be now untenable and they see people complaining about whether they get raises when some people never get raises and then kids walking out and wondering, did the union put them up to it? How do you get through the people who are like inclined to be negative towards teachers unions and see that kind of angle? Okay, well, that that is a multi-part question. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to address it sort of backwards in terms of in terms of kids walking out and and taking whatever kind of activity is going on in the various schools. Uh, in no way did the union urge that to happen. Um, I think I posted this on you know in in the gradebook group. I posted it on the whistleblower website, uh, and I've told our members. Again, we absolutely are not supporting any activity that that interrupts student learning. We don't want to see kids get in trouble. We don't, you know, we don't want to see any of that. Of course, anybody who wants to be civically active, and we certainly are for general activism, I'm all for that. I just think there are ways kids can do that without leaving school, without interrupting the school day. And that's certainly what... I would promote if people were asking. But again, these are kids taking on something they see as as wrong and, and trying to do something about it. And so from the perspective of a parent, I can also say there's a piece of me that really likes that, that, that we have young people who think they can make a change in the world. And I mean, again, I, I also think the way politics and sort of 
world craziness has been, I think more and more people are willing to take a stand for things. And I think that's generally a good thing. Although, I again, we're not encouraging kids to do anything. In terms of sort of the second question of, you know, did we did we bargain something that potentially has to be looked at? Again, I'm not going to say that the district has a ton of money. What I am going to say is I think the district needs to spend a lot more time thinking about how to prioritize the people that actually help students every day, whether it's their teachers, school psychologists, social workers, guidance counselors, or the education support personnel. I mean, we're basically balancing the budget on the backs of people who are educating children, who are the first line of people. Over the course of the time the district has been claiming a crisis, they've increased their management staff. Um, they're decreasing classroom teachers. They're decreasing people in those kind of positions while schools grow, but they're also increasing managers. So again, I think it's about priorities. And right now we'd like them to prioritize things differently. And, you know, to anybody who thinks teachers are, are, I guess, getting paid too much overall, I would say Florida are among the lowest paid teachers in the country. Um, and that's not specific to our district. That's across the state. Um, but even in this state, we are eighth in pay, but we're the third largest district. And so, again, some notion like our people are wildly overpaid isn't even supported by the propaganda the district's putting out. Well, I, I really appreciate you talking with me about this. And it's, it's just a super fascinating issue to see the district deal with all these multitudes of issues. <laughs> I, I've been watching the district for a long time, and this is as raucous as it's gotten, I think. Um, what, what should we look for next? Um, I mean, I think that I think the school board meeting next week is going to be interesting. I think you will you will see a lot of people showing up to speak. But I think most of all, I mean, it is not in anybody's best interest, not not kids, not ours, not anybody to to see the district suffer. So what we'd really like are productive discussions and solutions. And so, you know. What I hope for next is that people come to their senses. That's my hope. <laughs> well, good luck. I hope I hope everybody does. But we'll keep um, but we'll keep the lines of communication open, and uh, I'm sure we'll be updating you guys after after uh, we go along um, and and our council meets and we see how things proceed. That's the end of our interview and of today's podcast. If you'd like to join in the conversation on this or any other issue, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To follow the latest breaking news on Florida education issues, please visit our blog, tampabay.com slash blog slash gradebook. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening.